nostalgia. That's what it is, nostalgia. Now, guys, uh, bear with me. Just let me know how the sound is. I am currently traveling, so I'm using these headphones, so I don't know if I'm coming in clear or not. Just let me know. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. It's um, It's been quite trying for me. Um, I've been extremely busy because uh, my schedule has been behind. Um, today is going to be, um, it's going to be work and fun. Uh, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, I wanted us to kind of just, before we start, you know, chit, 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 just kind of take a look at what the climate is like right now in respects to the news and what they are saying. This is very important because book deals are the ones that supposedly are news. And what's disheartening is how can someone's book be seen as actual fact? And, and that's something we need to discuss because we're starting to see a lot of the muddling. Um, you know, actually, the news are so bad. You know what? Why not? Let's watch this. Because I know a lot of you don't watch the news because we know they're propaganda. But it's important that we do keep our eyes and ears open because they tell us exactly what they're going to do. So let's take a listen. At what life was like for the generals who took their orders from President Trump. In our first look of a new book written by Susan Glasser and Peter Baker, the authors describe Joint Chief, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, talking to the president before taking the job. And it reads, Milley assured him, Mr. President, you're going to be making the decisions. All I can guarantee from me is I'm going to give you an honest answer. And I'm not going to talk about it on the front page of the Washington Post. I'll give you an honest answer on everything I can. And you are going to make the decisions. And as long as they're legal, I'll support it. As long as they're legal, it was not clear how much that caveat even registered with Trump. Joining us now is Susan Glasser, CNN Global Affairs Analyst and staff writer at The New Yorker. She's the co-author of this book called The Divider, which is billed as the inside story of the four years when Donald Trump went to war with Washington. And Susan, I really want to get to you speaking about your book, but I want to talk about what may be uh, the most interesting part of it, which is the resignation letter that Mark Milley wrote, but didn't send. So I'm just going to read a little bit about that so that you can speak about it. It, it. This was drafted in June of 2020 after what happened. Okay, let's stop for a moment. They called it the war that Donald Trump, Donald Trump, had with Washington, D.C. Can we just sit on that for a second, just one second? What do you mean he went to war with D.C.? I didn't know D.C. was a separate entity. I didn't know that they were in charge. I didn't know that they represented us. I didn't know that D.C. wasn't where the president lived. And he sent a resignation letter, but he didn't send it. He wrote it, so he decided to publish it. The general, like all generals, that create all these companies and NGOs and um, businesses after they're done that rake in buku cash to set up their spoiled kids or not spoiled kids for life. And yet they're the ones that are telling us what's right and what's wrong. It makes absolutely no sense. Zero sense. 
But see, here's the thing. I am still struggling to, 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 to figure out why they keep saying that he went to war with D.C. He went to war with the fourth unelected branch of government. He went to war, as they say, with those that are appointed, not elected, that have been governing the people. He went to war with politicians, not statesmen. He went to bat for us because we weren't being heard. He went to bat for us because we weren't being represented. He went to bat for us to provide clarity and transparency. Yet media that is completely dishonest, completely partisan, and partisan not with the Democrats or the Republicans. Can we get this clear, please? They do not side with any side of our politics. They side with the globalist agenda. And this is the problem that we have today. And this is what we're paying for. Exactly what they've been planning and rolling out for a long, long time. They are not on our side. They are not for American interests. They are not representing us. You know, while I wanted us to focus on, 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 on what they were going to say, and I, I want you to listen to Mitch McConnell talk, right? Um, I um, was driving last week uh, during the primary, because we had late primaries here in, in um, oh, it, it, well, I'm not here, but, you know, in Ohio, uh, because they were redistricting and drawing maps that suit whoever's in power. And so as I drove up, I asked, hey, you know, acting dumb and everything, what are we voting on? What is the vote for? It says, you know, vote aquí, right? <laughs> what are we voting for? So the guy that was monitoring the parking lot said, oh, it's the primary. And I said, what is that? I just asked him questions. Actually, I was on the phone with my campaign team at the time. He said, oh, um, this is where if you're a Democrat or Republican, you can vote. And I said, well, what if I don't like any of them? Well, do I not get a say in anything? Like, what if I like some of the Democrats and some of the Republicans? What do I do? Oh, he goes, well, that's not how it works. You can only be either Republican or Democrat. You, you know, America is a two-party system. He started laying into me to educate me. And I said, well, that's weird. We're in America. We're supposed to be able to choose what we want. We shouldn't have to fall in line with one side or another. And he said, yes, I understand, but this is the, this is the way it is. We are uh, in America. We're a two party system. And I said, well, I guess we need to fix that. You can vote for me because I'm independent and there is no party called independent. You don't have to say anything. Siri, You're just like, you say that again? Oh, Bye. Siri, mind your business. <sighs> In the United States of America, we're supposed to have freedom of choice. I don't see where we have freedom of choice when we have people telling us that we have to fall in line one way or another to one party or another. That doesn't make sense. Why can't people run on their own coattails? Why do they need a Republican coattail or Democrat coattail to take them home? Why can't they do it on their own? Why can't they say, hey, I'm willing to step up and serve you and I'm ready to fight? for you. We don't see anybody fighting for us. 
It's in fact, they're fighting for whatever interests are funding them. And this is nationwide. <laughs> I know a lot of people are excited about all these new faces they're seeing. But you got to ask yourself, what new interests are they representing? Are they representing the new prison? Right? Because obviously the old Republican Party is done. They've been exposed. Everybody knows. What do they call them? Rhinos. Republican in name only. No, they should call them the uniparty leaders, right? Because they're the ones that dictate to the Democrats what the Democrats are supposed to do. The Democrats are completely unapologetic about their Green New Deal, which if you haven't understood what that means, then you need a crash course. How's this? Depopulation, period. That's it. End of story. Under the guise of saving the planet and doing all these things. Now, the Republicans, on the other hand, they make money for themselves and the Democrats. Because if you looked at the portfolios of the Democrats, they're totally against fossil fuels, but they all invest in them. They're totally against capitalistic culture and companies, yet their portfolios are full of it. So again, same party, different name, different color, so they can entrap the people into these camps. Now, while many people are fighting tooth and nail to make sure that they can reform the Republican Party, how do you reform something that's systemically sick? <laughs> Federalists were gone. The Democratic Republicans became Democrats and Republicans. Real history right there. But see, people don't like the truth. People don't like new things. They're scared. These are uncharted waters. What do you mean, no party? You mean... We don't have people endorsing people like big names or big money. But I think this year and 2023, 2022 for, for real, but 2023 really hardcore. And you're going to see why I say this. People are going to start to realize that the, the trick is up and they're going to come out full force, you know, Monkeypox, Disease X, Ebola, Marburgs. I mean, come on, it's election time. We got to get them locked down somehow. And don't worry, everything's safe. Because if you all come out and vote, we'll definitely win, even if it's with machines. Get the fuck out of here. When I hear things like that, it drives me insane. It's like, oh, what, what was the saying that Einstein said? See, insanity is literally doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So you want to use machines again, but you want to have a positive result. Get out of here. Get out of here. Like, are you living in some la-la lands? No, because this is how they transfer power with you thinking that you're winning, right? Look, we got all these Republican seats. Didn't we say that? Wait a minute. In 2019, didn't we say that? Oh, my God, look at all these awesome Republicans. We got Alexander in Ohio. He's so cool. He's like, yeah, I'd fight for Trump. What happened? The minute he swore in, what did he say? Beat Trump. You see what I mean? Don't listen to the majority of these people because they're going to do what they want anyway. Hmm? And if they have to give you some wins so they can gain your trust, they'll totally do it because that's how they work. Unfortunately, people tend to just go with the masses. And, and that is the problem we have. I also have a problem with frizzy hair. 
the moisture in New York right now is disgusting. It feels like I'm in Louisiana, like in the swamp. I guess because it's kind of swampy. So we have a lot of issues coming to rise. Election? No election. Republican? Independent? Democrat? What do we do? Oh, my. The whole state of Ohio. And we have a governor running in a post. Think about it for a second. The whole state of Ohio and we have a governor running on a post. Hmm. A governor that made a ton with Enron, right? That is involved with all those Haiti shenanigans with HRC. And um, Public Utilities, First Energy, Pfizer, what's going on there? But it's Ohio. It's not the whole nation. As goes Ohio, so does the nation. And what was it that Frank LaRose said in Israel in 2020? Ohio is leading the way for America. I am the head secretary of state, and I have made sure that the 2020 elections are A-OK. That's exactly what he said. How the 2020 elections work out. Hmm? Let's think about it. Now, while election deniers, that's like, what does that even mean? Election deniers. Let's just break that phrase down. Like, like denying elections. What is, what does election denier mean? That I deny elections? You mean, you really think that if your vote counted, they would have let you voted? Can we be a little bit more clear here? Hmm? And while, you know, <clears throat> some thoughts, some super thoughts. I was just um, thinking, you know, with all these insane uh, statements that I see. Let's keep it a little bit simple. After the 2020 elections, we saw an uptick of radicalization of American citizens and in the sense of anger. Now, they went to the Capitol. It was a very well-planned operation and that'll be coming to light soon, hopefully. But let's talk about the citizens that were not involved in the operation. Considering you think your nation is being taken over by globalists. Would storming the capital be a bad thing? Absolutely not. Our ancestors crossed the icy Delaware and slay their enemies in their sleep on Christmas Eve. <coughs> so obviously they did nothing wrong. The people that walked in, that's, that, that protested by just merely having their presence in there, not a bad thing. And since then, there have been a few ways that people have coped with what has occurred that was obviously going to happen. Many people have decided to, um, and I'm not discounting any of these, not discounting, not approving, not endorsing, just making statements. Some will tell you that this was a grand uh, um, sting operation 
others will tell you, I mean, that is, I believe, coming from the camp that wants to exchange from one rhino party to another, but that's just me. Then there's others that are telling you that trials have already happened and some of these people are already dead and or hung, you know, whatever. And then there's others that are like, yo, we're like so screwed. It's not even funny. And we're just going to tough it out and we're going to, going to, going to. But they're also infiltrated by the neoconservative movement, which is to take over the old gods, new gods versus old gods, like I said. But then there's the people. Here's what you, the people, did. Thousands of people started researching and filing lawsuits while they mock you. You're making history. They're sitting on their couches playing memes and tweeting and truthing and Facebooking and telling you how everyone's, oh, it's all done. But you are filing lawsuits across the nation. Thousands of you are running for office. Thousands of you right now at this moment are actually writing history. Now, let's pretend all of that was true, that this was a sting operation that indeed everyone's arrested and hung. Let's pretend it's true. It doesn't matter. What you the people have done was the necessary portion. And this is why it's important that more people do that. Why? Because if it is a sting operation and you see, you know, freaking X-Men walking down the street, oh, we fixed it all, we fixed it, no, no, no. What are people going to do? They've just been neutered. Meaning... They had no power to fix things except for the X-Men that just walked in and said, we did this. We're the people of the shadows that fixed it. The problem here is, is that if you, the people, were not filing lawsuits, were not holding them accountable, were not sending emails, were not sending letters, were not protesting, were not contacting, you you know, your uh, parties, were not demanding answers, were not demanding transparency, well then, you know, It's only a matter of time before it happens again. By writing history with what you are doing, you are giving a template to the future if ever found in that position to fix it. And here's how you know that there's a neocon party coming in. What you have done is incredible. I remember when I was on a call, it was Millie, myself, a couple lawyers, even uh, President Trump's attorney was on. And... I think it was someone, you know, from our camp saying, well, you know, they're, they're, they're filing all these lawsuits and they shouldn't do it because, you know, and the lawyer said, why not? Are they filing evidence? Yeah, but if it gets dismissed, it doesn't matter. Evidence is evidence. Anyone telling you filing things with evidence and losing sets precedent is stupid. I'm a lawyer. He goes for years. He's the, he's the guy that actually went to school with President Trump. And he told them, no, it's evidence. You can't alter evidence. You can say the case or maybe because they went pro se or the judge is corrupt, but evidence is evidence, never gets tainted. Truth is truth. So anyone saying that means that they don't want the people taking power back. And this is coming from someone smart. That's a lawyer for years and represents our president. Oh, that's also doing the RICO case, which I told you about a very, very long time ago, but I digress. So what the people you have done is completely organic. 
the groups that were created were actually grown out of this need, the need to do something. And no money was really required, and any money for filings was pooled among yourselves. No non-governmental, you know, organizations, NGOs, no non-profits, no big pockets that funded. Mothers like myself across the nation filed federal lawsuits against the mandates, the mask mandates. Why? Because we were asserting the rights that we have as parents over our children. Obviously, the mask was an excuse. And as you see, a bad case law has made it so that parents cannot protect their children. And we talked about this when I filed my case back in 2021. Now, hmm, my case is still pending. It hasn't been thrown out. In fact, my case in early 2022 was merged with the case that I had my writ of mandamus against the governor of Ohio. That included the vaccine mandates and the, and the mask mandates, the whole nine yards, kind of like a nice package. But my case hasn't been thrown out. Why? Evidence is evidence, and it all matters how you present it. While many people assume that we need the Bar Association to assist us, all we need to do is be able to, I don't know, read, because people don't read anymore. But I'll tell you what. I was extremely upset when I saw people that claim to be helping our nation, maybe on bad advice or from the same centralized group that help use the two operations together to create the chaos that we're in now. What they did was they saw how effective the moms were. They saw how effective they were in the lawsuits. And so they created a nonprofit. In essence, that action in itself, creating duplicate, I don't know, causes that had groups, you know, that wanted to create teams and all this, took, was an attempt to take away the power from the people. If you're funding to re recreate something that's organic, you're literally insulting it, demeaning it, because you want control to harness that. So a nonprofit was created to undermine genuine moms that were terrified, that were scared, that didn't know how to stand up, that were being told they have no rights over their kids, right? Suddenly became a money generator for some. See, it's really hard. To see all through all of this, when you see so many opportunists stepping in to actually hijack organic movements and empowerment of the people, you guys protested and asserted your rights as parents to have the right to make decisions for your children. And organic results are organic results. See, think of it this way. Miracles are happening. You just don't see them. You don't. Because like I said, let's pretend they're all dead. Let's pretend they're all arrested. Let's pretend they're all everything. Isn't it necessary for the people to assist in the task to reclaim their nation, to ensure they get credit for it, to show future generations how the unity of the people conquers any form of tyranny? Yes. So the question you should be asking yourself is, if people are against what you are doing, demonstrating the unity organically, 
through the people, then that means they don't want you, the people, to make history and they don't want you, the people, to get the credit for it because then they have no power. I hope I was clear on that. That is exactly what is happening. That is exactly what is happening right now. And this is why, well, this is why I get a lot of flack too. They like leashes. They like people they can keep in check and they like people that will assist them in whatever influence operation they need because people are too stupid to do it themselves. I'd like to say people are genius because it's only on the precipice that the people will arise and do what they need to do. History has taught us that. Because let's remember, it was back in the day, right? Everyone was comfortable with England funding things, with England giving them troops to protect them, food, anything they needed, England was there for them. By severing that relationship, they were going through uncharted waters. And this is kind of where we are now. We're severing a relationship that was forged without our knowledge with global powers to take us over and to submit us to other leaders that are not our own, that do not see the value of liberty like we do and how our nation was intended to embrace it. And this is where we're at. It's 2022 and people still think it's okay that there are places that are inhabited, that have no electricity, no running water, and no internet. You can't fathom that, right? But indeed there is. So that means there's a reason for that. And the reason is easy takeover. I mean, they left Africa in the dark for so long that when they went to their leaders and offered them all these riches, look, you get these big ass TVs. You'd be wearing Gucci chains, right? (laughs) And the leaders were like, yo, eating it up, lapping it up like nobody's business. All they had to do was sell out the citizens. And remember, they sold them out before to the slave boats. Think they're not going to sell them out again? See, because that is the mentality of tribalism and advancement of the few. But America don't play like that, right? Now, let's see what they are telling us was happening behind the scenes. Because what they tell you is of utmost importance because they tell you everything you need to know. And she looks frumpy, doesn't she? Um, Grumpy, upside down mouth. In Washington, outside the White House with the use of the military. And he said, it is my belief that you were doing great and irreparable harm to my country. I believe that you have made a concerted effort over time to politicize the United States military. I thought that I could change that. I've come to the realization that I can't. He goes on to say you were using the military to create fear in the minds of the people. The American people trust their military and they trust us to protect them against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and our military will do just that. And he says, third, I swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States that says all men and women are created equal. He says it's obvious to me that you don't hold those values dear and the cause that I serve. And lastly, he said, it is my deeply held belief that you're ruining the international order. 
which was instituted in 1949. He says, you don't understand what the war was about. In fact, you subscribe to many of the principles that we fought against. But Susan, he never sent it. Wait a minute. What do you mean the world international order that was agreed for in the 40s? Thank you, General Milliam. That's exactly the problem. See, they tell you everything you need to know. And a lot of people didn't see this segment because it's CNN. You shouldn't talk about it. And I'm pretty surprised how you, you know, you're supposed conservative, you're supposed pro-America, right? Pro-freedom, pro-liberty, right? Didn't talk about it. Because it's evident they're all on the same team. It is so difficult for someone to understand when they've been to see that they've been duped. Because we hate it. I hate being betrayed. Do it all the time. I cry. I roll up in a little ball, smoke a couple cigarettes, and then I'm good. Betrayal comes with the territory. That doesn't mean you don't trust. That just means you trust not expecting anything in return. Because if you are clean and you are doing good, nothing will boomerang back to you. It will boomerang back to them. And this is exactly what's happening. I know I'm getting a lot of flack because I'm pointing out the apparent. Either those people are too stupid to see that they're um, kind of spinning the wheels of the fourth unelected branch of government that, as I've said, is a very well-oiled machine and they're part of it, or they're just too dumb to see that they're doing it. It's either one or the other. There's no middle ground on that one. None. Or else we wouldn't be in the position that we're at now. And while people think it's, you know, I want to destroy everyone. and Has nothing to do with that. In fact, what we need to be doing is being 1 million percent transparent. We need to be fighting for the people. And that means you too. You need to be fighting for the people, not just yourself. You have to be fighting for every person. Not just you, not just your children, but your neighbor's kids, your neighbor's grandkids, the grandkids that you will never see, the great-grandkids that you will never see that will be at some point. That's what we all should be doing. We should partake in this because this is the precipice. And this is where we fight. Sometimes I wonder, how can people... Uh, be so selfish. And I know um, it's like, Torian, what are you, dumb? People are selfish. By nature, they are. They're self-preservationist. Everyone looks out for their survival. That's the innate instinct. But in a society like today, of 2022, where survival is pretty much guaranteed, considering society assist with that as a collective. Why are they doing this? Why are the very people that are supposed to be on our side so dismissive of giving power back to the people? Why do they feel the need? They should be in charge. Why do they feel the need that they should be the voice? You know, um, I was speaking with someone today 
from an organization within Ohio that had no idea that the Ohio GOP had filed to protest my name on the ballot. And the person said, you're going to make a great politician. I said, mm, I'm not. I'm exactly the opposite. Statesmen. They're transparent. They're thorough. And they're usually not liked because they're kind of very, very raw. Calling out the bullshit from day one. Pointing and saying, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Down to the damn janitor. Watch and it happens. This is how you fix things. But I guess influence, marketing, fun stuff. Someone posted on the Telegram something that I didn't want to bring too much attention to. Because, you know, see the headlines now. QAnon grifter. Where did they even get that? QAnon ended in 2017. Hmm? So then the question is, why did Tracy Beans try to revive it? I don't know. Because kind of said, I'm going to go for good now. And then all these people stepped in. Oh, president! Have you guys seen the video where Tracy Beans is like, "Hey, President Trump, we created Q." No, you didn't. No, you didn't. But you did try to monetize it, and when you couldn't, and you saw that hmm, no money could be made, you step back with all the little trolls, right? We have that video, don't we? So why do people play dumb? Sometimes it's really hard to, to keep my tongue so hard, so hard. It's really hard. It's very, very hard. There is a post. Go look at it. I think a lot of people believe that because maybe, I don't know, they see him posing with the president or maybe the president even speaks to them. Do they really think that President Donald J. Trump is dumb? Maybe. Some people do. I mean, I can play dumb too. Pretty well. I am extremely proud at the people of Texas, Louisiana, Michigan, California. I know there's a lot of you out there that are filing on your county levels about these machines. I'm extremely proud of you and keep going. Don't let anyone tell you any different. You're literally making history. I can't explain it. History will look back at all those writs of mandamuses filed by you, and they will be so proud that the people stood up. They will not remember the memes. They'll be gone. They won't remember the videos, right? They won't remember any of the check marks. But you will be immortalized in history because you've made public record. You've put your name on it, and you stood up. And all the children coming after you in the new America will say, I was related to that person, you know, who filed the written mandamus, standing up for rights. I was related to that person who filed their affidavit under that mandamus, supporting their, they were all a group. One person went forward and everyone just dumped it in. That's how you make history. You don't wait for someone to write it. You do it yourself. I mean, my favorite picture of President Trump is sitting in Winston Churchill's chair. Actually, let me find it. I have it on Instagram. Let me see. My favorite picture of him. 
And what, what, what I love the most is that, you know, the phrase put on there, history will be kind to me because I intend to write it. So if you want to win, you write history. History that can withstand an EMP. History that will be remembered more than just a meme. Actual history. That's how you win. You want something, you do it. Don't wait for others to do it for you. That's how it is. I am looking for this. Oh, I have cute Nick's pictures. I'm sorry. Got distracted with things like this. She's so cute. I also miss her. Let's see. Where's my president Winston Churchill's chair? Still moving. Speaking of chairs. How many of you think that the people that you see seated in Congress right now will be seated later too? Hmm? Let me see. What does the text say? Oh no, I have a very brave photo of me with a face mask on here. Just saw, I just remember that. We need to get rid of all of them. None of them should stay where they are. They don't deserve it. They didn't stand for us. They let people do things that they shouldn't. And, you know, I think President Trump made that clear when he was talking about that guy from Philly, where he was like, I'm not supporting you. You did this, this. Oh, but I couldn't. He's like, yeah, put that in writing, right? Didn't he say that? Didn't he say that? So this is the excuse they have, that they can't do anything, so they just give up? Oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play something for you. And I wanted to keep it for a project that I'm doing, but I want you guys to listen to something and I want you to close your eyes because it's only audio. Um, and listen to what a cop out sounds like. And when someone realizes they copped out and how guilty they feel, what they have to say. And when I say cop out, it's the self-preservation. So um, obviously I'm working on a little project um, and it revolves around people and what they're capable of doing and what the military should be doing, you know, like defending the people, like, I don't know, maybe maintaining their oaths and stuff. Right. Cause you got to remember that. Right. But <clears throat> I want you to hear a story of someone that was just doing their job who made a decision, because this is the excuse you're probably hearing from a lot of people. Oh, I did my best that I could, because it's better for me if you hear anyone tell you this, right? You need to, oh, darn it. Where is it? I know I sent it to myself. Um, you need to tell them. No, that's not the way it works. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than 
what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. That is definitely not the way it works. The way it should work is that you stand for something and you're all in. There's all or nothing. Because if you're not all or nothing, then you do nothing. Here we go. I want you guys to listen to this. It'll probably make you very sad. But you will understand, and I want you to remember this anytime someone gives you some lame-ass freaking excuse. Listen carefully. All right, I'm going to start it over because you guys are saying it's low on volume, but I can hear it perfectly. I'm going to try it another way. Give me one moment. Let's do this. Let me try it again since you couldn't hear it. Give me one moment. Here we go. But they were always called defense plants. That was the year of the national defense law, the law of total conscription. Under the law, I was required to take the oath of fidelity. I said I would not. I opposed it in conscience. I was given 24 hours to think it over. In those 24 hours, I lost the world. You see, refusal would have meant the loss of my job, of course, not prison or anything like that. Later on, the penalty was worse. But this was only 1935. But losing my job would have meant that I could not get another. Wherever I went, I should be asked why I left the job I had. And when I said why, I should certainly have been refused employment. Nobody would hire a Bolshevik. Of course, I was not a Bolshevik, but you understand what I mean. I tried not to think of myself or my family. We might have got out of the country in any case. I could have gotten a job in industry or education somewhere else. What I tried to think of was the people to whom I might be of some help later on if things got worse, as I believe they would. I had a wide friendship in scientific and academic circles, including many Jews and Aryans, too, who might be in trouble. If I took the oath and held my job, I might be of help somehow as things went on. If I refused to take the oath, I would certainly be useless to my friends, even if I remained in the country. I myself would be in their situation. The next day, after thinking it over, I said I would take the oath with the mental reservation that, by the words with which the oath began, ich schwere by Gott, I swear by God, I had understood that no human being and no government had the right to override my conscience. My mental reservations did not interest the official who administered the oath. He said, do you take the oath? And I took it. That day the world was lost, and it was I who lost it. First of all, there was the problem of the lesser evil. Taking the oath was not so evil as being unable to help my friends later on would have been. But the evil of the oath was certain and immediate, and the helping of my friends was in the future and therefore uncertain. I had to commit a positive evil there and then in the hope of a possible good later on. 
The good outweighed the evil, but the good was only a hope, the evil a fact. The hope might not have been realized, either for reasons beyond my control or because I became afraid later on, or even because I was afraid all the time and was simply fooling myself when I took the oath in the first place. But that is not the important point. The problem of the lesser evil we all know about. In Germany, we took Hindenburg as less evil than Hitler, and in the end, we got them both. But that is not why I say Americans cannot understand. No, the important point is, how many innocent people were killed by the Nazis, would you say? Shall we say, just to be safe, that three million innocent people were killed altogether? And how many innocent lives would you like to say I saved? Perhaps five or ten? One doesn't know. But shall we say a hundred or a thousand, just to be safe? And it would be better to have saved all three million instead of only a hundred or a thousand? There, then, is my point. If I had refused to take the oath of fidelity, I would have saved all three million. There I was, in 1935, a perfect example of the kind of person who, with all his advantages in birth, in education, and in position, rules, or might easily rule, in any country. If I had refused to take the oath in 1935, it would have meant that thousands and thousands like me all over Germany were refusing to take it. The refusal would have heartened millions. Thus, the regime would have been overthrown. Now, do you see what I mean? See, while people say, I'm just doing it because I need my job, right? I'm just doing it because it's going to be easier for people. Isn't it better that you have me in there because I'm the good guy? And even though I'll look like I'm working with them and I stay within the swamp, I'll totally help. No. The only way you fix things is on, on a united front. And this is coming from a man from beyond the grave saying, if I would have refused to take the oath to the Fuhrer and not say, well, I'm a good guy that's going to do some necessary evil to prevent more evils, then Hitler would have never been to power. So when I hear people saying, well, you know, He's been in Congress for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. He's a big proponent of he's going to do this. And we must work with these people because this is how we get things done. That's where you call bullshit and say, you know, that's exactly what people said back in the day when Hitler rose up. Rather than saying, no, if they all stood, no, 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 no. It all stops when you say no. So why are we in this position now? See, because if you realize the power that you have, a power the Germans understood in retrospect, like the guy said, let's say three million died. How many did he actually save? Three, five, 10, 30, not three million. And how many of him existed? Probably not many. Because when you see how they treat them, you just, I don't agree with it, but I'm still doing it because I have kids. I don't agree with that, but I'm still doing it. I got bills to pay. I don't agree with it, but I'm still doing it because I need to eat. 
it's like, so you're feeding the alligator, hoping it eats you last. That's what you're doing. And so I guess, you know, the people that are trying to hold on to a structure that existed, you know, the GOP, the grand old party, kind of sounds something Hollywoodish, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like red curtains in lights, doesn't it? Grand old party. No, you're not. The oldest party were the Federalists. And mind you, they were all independents. They didn't even look at parties. They just looked at the person and what they stand for. Grand old. Whenever I hear that, I think of old movie stars, right? See, this is the problem that we have right now. On the right, on the left, those claiming to be pro-liberty, pro-freedom. They don't get it. They're just going along with the group because, oh, they seem to be effective. Oh, look, they're posing. It's like, like I said, like that guy in the Matrix, Jeffrey. He was sending me pictures of him with General Flynn. Like, okay. And that makes you important because I'm confused. Well, you don't have pictures with them. Who says? How do you know what I have? How do you, are you like in my business? Do you know who I talk to? Do you know who I hang out with? Or you just know the stuff that I let you see. You have no idea who I am. But I have every idea who they are. And the problem is, they're just like that guy on the audio that you heard. That's part of my project, by the way. Um, hoping that they can be accepted. You know, the more I, I, I look back, I actually ran into an old video of Millie's today um i was out having a cigarette and um it was from 2019 and i was watching it she was in texas it was like a MAGA beach party and i saw all these people with such a high they felt like they were part of something right they were like yeah you know trump MAGA, this see that was the problem and you know Gavin and Millie gave me shit about it too, because I was like, "This is this is gonna bite us in the ass in the future," and I guess, you know, it did, because people are still looking for that high, and this is probably why we had just regular Americans run into the Capitol against their judgment, not because they were bad or they planned to do anything, but they know that's their house. They have every right to walk in there. What do you mean I'm not allowed? That's my property. They're totally allowed. And, and that's the thing. We made it sound like it was like a game. And, and people have to realize that they're trapped in a game. See, from the moment you were born and the people behind you born, you were given like, you know how in Zelda you have like your map and you're like, yeah, this is Hyrule. These are all the places you can go. Your overlord said, this is your map. This is all you got. And here are the levels that you go through. And these are all the places you can visit. That's it. Because we said so. But if you decided you want to go outside Hyrule, there was actually a patch on um, a new beta game that allowed you to exit Hyrule and go to like an invisible world. Just imagine that. Just in real life, I'm just saying. I digressed, but needed to throw that little tidbit in. Now, having said that, by creating the people into this notion of uh, teamism, I mean, is that even a word, teamism? 
something like Team Spiritish. It almost seemed like a game. They were pumped with their flags and their beer and their, you know, bikinis running around. Yeah, Mega, whoa! And it's like the gray high, right? Super fun when your team's looking like it's winning and when there's a lot of you on the team celebrating, just go, Mega, Mega. And it's like, see, that's the problem. And then you have to ask yourself, who encouraged that? Obviously, people that want to control, but obviously people that wanted to control you and then pull out the rug from under you, which is exactly where you're at. You have PTSD. People that were telling you everything's going to be fine. People that were telling you how we're super winning and wait. It's going to be a bunch of green berets banging on fucking keyboards saving you. Because when you think of green berets, you think of keyboards. No, 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 no. Get the fuck out of here. Usually round people that sit, people that you don't see are little NSA peeps, shadow people. I have to say I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed at the behavior of humankind. I'm disappointed at the shallowness that people have. And I'm disappointed of the um, lack of information. I know a lot of them are so angry because they bank their their um, their brand on hating me. <laughs> and they're losing their brand, which means money for them. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have knocked people. Like, who are you to say someone is good or not? Like, who are you that says, well, here's my list. And my qualifications are I used to make smoothies. And now I roll with all these people because I signed an NDA. That's going to be fun when that shit comes out. So, you know, um, it's disappointing that people are still into that, you know, party mode. They think they're going to get it back where they're going to be like, rah, rah, we win, we win. That's not the way it works. Now, we've already won. But how long of a win? Three years, five years. I mean, you tell me. You've seen how people respond to being pumped up and making fun of the other side like they don't count. Who is that? Someone I don't need to talk to now. Right? It's, it's pretty telling. Yeah, the president... that was elected that is not in office, apparently. You have a people that are telling the world that he is not in office. And you know, a lot of people made money off of him not being in office, right? They did a lot of shows. They, um, you know, raised all this money to help the people and um, wrote books, tours, 2022 and 2020 still not fixed. And then, you know, you see people that I'm going to use my own personal. I'm not going to speak for someone else. I know there's a lot of other people in this position, but like, for example, has anyone ever disputed my information? Like, like 
you know, like whooped out like my declaration and said, this is false. This is false. This is false. Like, has it been actually debunked like step by step to say, no, that's not true. Has anyone actually done that? I'm just saying, has anyone actually done that? Like take my document and say, yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Right. Because today, Every single thing I put in there has been proven true. So why all the hate? Not only that, why all the hate? I did tell you what was coming before it came. I did tell you about the vaccine. I did tell you about these people. I mean, has any of that been debunked? So why all the hate? I'm not taking any power. Shit, I don't even want it. Right? Why all the hate? Now, one would say it's something as pedestrian as jealousy, right? Now, maybe, yeah, some people are like that, right? Because they, they like to attack. They like to say things. They won't even mention my name. Demons cannot speak my name. They cannot speak my name. But I say, if nothing has been debunked, right, then why all the hate? Why call me a grifter? I, I, I'm seriously asking this question. Let's not talk about the, the envy part, right? There are people that are that pedestrian that are envious. But I want you to think of it. Who is doing all the hate, right? Who is doing all the hate? Who is judging me? Has, has anything I said not been cor correct? Has anyone taken my declaration to say, hey, she like totally, I saw it on truth and I wanted to respond, but I was like, I'm going to just leave it alone. And guys, don't engage with these people. They're terrible. I see the engagements you're having where they keep calling you me as well. Don't. But I'm, 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 I'm asking, who has taken my declaration and debunked any portion of it? Not one part of it can be debunked. So why are they calling me a grifter? What part of it has been debunked? Not one portion of it has been debunked. Yet I saw someone say her, her and her stupid thing, putting it in Sydney Powell's destroyed it. Um, actually, mine was the only one that is 100% true. I want, I urge anyone, like all of these, you know, people that call me a grifter, I would urge them and I hope you can urge them. Take her declaration that she put in Cindy Powell's. And if you can prove to me that it's false, Right? Anywhere of it is false. I'm game. I'm totally on your side that she's totally fucked up the MAGA movement, whatever the fuck that means. This is where you look at it. This is where you see it. And the problem that we have is their overlords, the ones they have NDAs with, you know, the ones that they, they work with, the one they're so thirsty for whatever attention. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. Think. Do you know what they're scared of? They're scared of the real revolution, which is the people, right? Which is the people understanding that they have the power all along, that they don't need any leaders. We don't need any kings, queens, admirals, generals, lieutenants, again, privates, business owners, lawyers, politicians, whatever you want to call them. We don't need them. It's just us. 
And so the problem is, is that you are now realizing that you are in control. And if I'm the example, just to show you how much control they need, well, there you go. Because none of these people, like, where are these people saying that, yep, she, her declaration is totally bullshit. What part, I'd love someone to pick it apart and say what I put in there that's false. What I put in there that's not right. I even had someone say, how dare she reference? What was it? (laughs) How dare I reference research from universities? It's like, Am I just supposed to say, trust me? Can I not use scholars with PhDs that you venerate as being important? I mean, how many times do I have to say it? I've fixed elections in 45, 45 elections. I participated. Well, I guess it would be 47, but the two didn't really count. So, well, actually three didn't count. So I guess, I don't know. No, they did. Maybe more. Let's just say 45. I like that number. I participated in 45 elections in the world. I know how to fix elections. Not because it was all my operation, but, but I did my part. My part. My little part. But to do my little part, I got to know everybody else's part. So, I, I, you know, next time someone tells you that I'm, you know, this, that, you know, be like, all right, here's her declaration. Can you point to me where she lied? Just point to me. And I'm totally going to join you and totally going to call her a grifter. Totally going to go that way. Just point to what part of it you don't, except for the part where I talk about myself. Okay. Because, you know, they use a site that's a private site that was created by fuck knows who. And they cite that to say the stolen valor bullshit. Right. And they use... The CI that the attorney general had, who, by the way, murdered her boyfriend. Wait, wait, wait. FBI's all over that. Just watch. So starting all these things, right? They're using non-credible sources. Your source is what? What the AG filed? Look at what he filed. He filed the website that's bullshit. And even in the court documents, it was like, what are you talking about? Nobody said that shit. You're saying it. That website's saying it. So maybe I should put up a website every one of those influencers and say, oh my gosh, did you say you served at Space Force in 1940 when there was no Space Force? They'll be like, that's not mine. That's like a site. Someone probably did it. Yeah. Nope. Stolen Valor. You said you were in Space Force. You're a liar. See, this is the ridiculousness that we have. And I'm using me as an example because I'm going to tell you there's a lot more people out there. A lot more people. Damn. They hate you so much. Not me. (laughs) They don't care about me. It's you. You who believe that you can change everything. That you, the people, can actually take control of your nation and put it in the right course. You don't need them. And you're dangerous and they don't like you. It's not me. Me, I'm just a big mouth showing you how to do this stuff. Telling you that you can do this stuff because you can't. They really don't care about me. It's you. They need you to share, like, and subscribe. They need you to buy whatever supplements. Ooh, by the way, shh. So let me, let me take a whoop, turn. 
So I don't know if I have those emails, but I might. Or else I'm going to have to get them from the University of Kentucky. But back in 2010, I was um, texting with, um, I had this, when I woke up, okay, 3.33 a.m., I wake up. Why? Because for some reason, my daughter decides to have a damn alarm on her phone, right? Sleeps right through it. So I'm waking up, turning off that alarm. Turn it off, which then went off again at five. So she totally messed up my sleep. And not to add to that, at about six something, um, you know, as I was ready to get up, but I was still trying to nap a little bit because she messed up my sleep with her crazy ass alarms. <coughs> she had the audacity, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> to wake me up to go and pull the curtain because the sun was coming up in her eyes. Anyway, <laughs> don't even want to get into that. Like, seriously. Anyway, I um, had a thought at 3 a.m., I was reading where you people were discussing what I was saying about Marburg's and disease X. Cause I told you that shit way before anybody even had that crap on their radar. But then I remembered that I was emailing with Dr. Dennis. Oh, I forget his name. He's a Greek though. Um, is it Caruso? Shoot. I don't remember at the university of Kentucky. Look him up. He's like a specialist in diabetes. And I had sent him an email because I was examining um, uh, vascular growth factors, VEGF, right? It's, a, it's um, what helps build your blood vessels and your arteries. And um, I know I dealt with diabetes, but I was talk to, talking to him about the gut biome and how I believe that it's an infection of um, um, LP, uh, bacteria, which is like more sensitive to sugar, that may be the cause of um, type 2 diabetes. And it's just, I had this download, really, on the cellular networking and sent it to him. And I remembered something that I totally forgot. And um, I thought it was really important. So there are phenols um, within chocolate. I need to do that. Because I've got problems, circulatory issues. Um, because, you know, I'm hindered because my uh, GI tract is not intact. Um, like, I'm not anatomically whole, right? Um, and so that causes me issues. And I know um, the liver um, deals with metabolism. And this is another issue for me. But the thing is, your metabolism doesn't slow down until you're past the age of 60. Um, actually, your metabolism slows down and stays the same after the age of about 14, 15. It's all the same. So anyone saying, oh, my metabolism slowed down, you know, after this, it's not true. It's actually your vascularization and your gut biome. So what I remembered was I was looking at some research and I thought I would mention it to you guys. Um, you can look it up. Um, cacao, right? Hence probably why I've been craving hot chocolate. But anyway, dark chocolate with at least 80% cacao um, has specific phenols that um, increase uh, the repair and structures and proliferation of rebuilding your circulatory system, which has like, I don't know, like 50 to 60,000 miles worth of, you know, um, vessels. And I, then it came to me. Um, oh, wow, I didn't point this out, right? I 
didn't tell my audiences, you know, how we're talking about blood clots and, and this, these, these vaccines and the mRNA. Well, remember, the clotting factors are released from your liver. See what I'm trying to say? So when they say that they find it in the liver, that's why you're getting clots. Because when you cut yourself, inflammation happens, right? Your cut turns red. And that's because there's a huge, you know, pooling of your immune system there to, you know, kind of help. And that immune response, that innate immune response where it gets red and you have a lot of immunity going in, um, triggers uh, actual clotting factors that derive from your liver. So I wanted to urge all of you to start eating 80% cacao dark chocolate um, to kind of help yourself. And I know a lot of people are into supplements, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Supplements are not the same as food nutrients. Now, Tori, you could do it the same. Yeah, I probably could. But I'm missing a lot of my organs that help absorb it. So, you know, I would love to. But I'm actually physically hindered. You know, I don't like to talk about it because it's a little bit embarrassing. But So I just thought that I would bring that up to all of you that may have family members that um, have gotten vaccinated. Not that it's going to save them, but it's actually quite beneficial because it helps on vascular regrowth and, you know, just fixing the vascular system in general because of phenols that are in, you know, pure cacao. Um, so I, I thought I would bring it up, you know, cause I know a lot of you are really scared because like the gentleman in the audio before you make a choice of a lesser evil. You're like, you know, just like in Greece, I have family members or friends, I would say that one person in the household went and got vaccinated so they can go out to the supermarket and shop for them and bring home food and work. So one person actually literally sacrificed themselves. So I, I just wanted to um, point that out. So it's um, the dark chocolate, 80% um, and over cacao. Um, and please look into it. Um, it has very specific phenols. And so um, um, it you know, I'm going to look for some research because I'm not a doctor, so I don't practice. And so I will try to find an MD that does do this. And, you know, it's not chocolate that's sweet, by the way. It's um, um, kind of bitter and it's cacao, right? So it's like, it's not like the best. So um, I, I thought I would bring that up and I wanted to make note of that. Now, before I go, because um, I have a really busy day, I wanted to tell you guys that the news that's going around right now within, you know, just across the board is very distracting. I will highly urge all of you to please um, take a look at your local state news. And I know there's a lot going on, and I'll, and I'll be more than happy to give you the points of global news tomorrow, and we can go over it together. But I would suggest that as you meet in your state groups, that you guys share local stories. I want you to see exactly what's going on in your state. Don't be distracted by the national things. You know, um, focus on your state. And also, I wanted to discuss something with you guys, because for me, it kind of 
really rang really wrong. So I like MTG, I guess, right? But there was um, a picture at CPAC where she was like acting like all motherly to someone imprisoned in orange and Shraka came up and talked. And while everyone keeps thumping the Ray Epps thing, right? I feel the hypocrisy and it's getting me very upset. See, you know, just seeing her reenact this motherly love of this person in a orange jumpsuit behind bars made me ill. It was not classy. And some people were like, oh, it's just demonstrating the poverty. And it's like, shut up. Did you cry about the guy that killed himself because he had to plead guilty for walking around the Capitol when he did nothing? Yet another guy was acquitted for doing the same thing. Difference, lawyer, money, maybe, friends, right? What about Ray Epps? He literally said, hey, we're going to storm the Capitol tomorrow. And he whispered in the ear, go do it now, push the gate. He didn't, they didn't find him in the Capitol. That's what they said. And he had to move from, oh, guess what? Arizona? Hmm. Lots of shit going on there, isn't it? Ray Epps was from Arizona. He and his wife had to pick their shit up and move to another state to an undisclosed location because they were being harassed. So the story goes, he's a fed. He's a fed. He's a fed. Mm. Who started the fed talk? And what does fed mean? Is it like you work for the federal government? You're a CI? Does working for the Lincoln Project count? I don't know. Does it? Just a real question there. So, you know, the more I see it, right, the more I'm like, holy crap. The very people talking about election fraud, talking about J6. I mean, even the shaman was in Arizona. Jesus. And then Shaka went in there, gave them everything they needed. And while people say it was a sting operation, they got double sting. That's why we're in this mess. Well, I'll let someone more qualified explain it. Kind of like the Hunter Biden laptop. Because when I was reporting on it, it wasn't important. But when, other do, when others do, it is. You see how that works? Makes me sad. But unfortunately, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. We're at the point where people want their leaders and the future Republican power to be in charge, not you. And if you don't fall in line, they'll excommunicate you. Unfortunately for them, they can't shut me up. I mean, they're going to have to kill me to shut me up. They can't do that either. I want you guys to be very clear on this. It's all about taking power from you. Nothing else. They want power. No matter how small they are. The new era of Republicans demand you bow down. Demand that you see them. I mean, you know what? I'm going to hold that because it's going to come out wrong. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut on it. But I want you to see what McConnell said 
so that you see where it's going. I hope that helps. Let's see. Nation. And I think when the Senate race smoke clears, we're likely to have a very, very close Senate still with either us up slightly or the Democrats up slightly. That very telling statement from the Senate Republican leader highlights a important fact. Control of the Senate right now is a jump ball. The history and the conventional wisdom will tell us that Republicans are expected to win the House. But what is happening in the Senate is a different and fascinating story. And we have Harry Enton back with us to walk us through it all. So, Harry, uh, you're a betting man. I don't want to be in Vegas with you, but (laughs) tell us. What's going on in the House versus the Senate? Where are your odds right now? Yeah, you know, I'll throw, that, throw those dice. So if we go over and we look right now and look at the chance of chamber control, because I think this really gets at it, uh, it when we're looking at the next Congress. In the House, the conventional wisdom is basically right. You know, the, the Republicans are still a very clearly heavy favorite, over 80% chance to take control of the, that chamber. Well, look at the Senate, basically 50-50 at this point. And this, I Wait. think, just... I mean, even this 51 percent for the Senate is not something I think even Democrats would have expected. At I, I, I don't think Democrats would have expected. It. I certainly didn't expect it. And I think this just gets at something that we've seen so far, Abby, which is, you know, candidates do matter. And, you know, if we look, if we look basically at the popularity of the different make sure I get this right. There we go. The popularity yeah. of the different uh, Senate candidates that Republicans are running. Take a look here. Look at these key races. Herschel Walker in Georgia, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, Dr. Oz down in Pennsylvania. Look at their net favorability ratings here. This is the favorable minus unfavorable. They're all underwater, Abby. And on the Democratic side, similar. What we see on the Democratic side, for the most part, is that these candidates are much more favorable, right? In Georgia, you see um, Raphael Warnock with a positive net favorable. In Wisconsin, we don't have a candidate yet. We can go over to the yeah, Senate side we, now. We, we yeah. can go over to that Senate side. And you can basically see, look at look at these leads that these different Senate candidates have right now. These are the, ch- ch- the choice for Senate. Look at Pennsylvania. Look at Georgia. Look at Wisconsin. Look at Fetterman's lead in a recent Fox yeah. News poll, 11 points. Look at Georgia, Raphael Warnock's lead, plus four points. Mandela Barnes, this is an older poll, but plus two points over Ron Johnson. These are, you know... But here's, but here's the other thing about these three races in particular. We're also talking about states that Joe Biden has won. So th- that's the other reason Democrats are feeling pretty good about what's going on in the Senate. That's exactly right. So, you know, if you look essentially at these states and you say, OK, what are the most competitive Democratic health seats by who won them in the last presidential election? You know, in 2014, the last time Republicans took control, look at all these seats that were competitive that were democratically held. Romney won all of them by double digits, right. Abby. Look here at the 2022 midterm. Joe Biden won all of them. Now, some of them were closer than others, but this is a very different battleground than I think that a lot of people are used to. And that's part of the reason you have bad Republican candidates, but also a very different battleground. We do have to, to also note, though, that Republicans only need to win one net seat in order to take control of the Senate. But let's go quickly to Joe Biden. Yeah. His approval rating is in the 30s. Where would he need to be just to maintain the status quo here in the, in the Senate in particular? Yeah. So if we essentially look back over time, right, and we look at the president's approval rating in midterms where the White House party had no let no let net loss in Senate seats. As it turns out, you can actually have some pretty unpopular presidents. Remember, the Republicans actually gained seats in 2018. In 1982, the Republican Party actually held 
So I'm not sure that they're necessary. I mean, to, to be, these numbers we may never see again. Yeah. And, and what happened here in 2002, this was post 9-11 world. But still, I mean, Joe Biden is even, according to the polls currently, less popular than... They're saying anything to excuse everything that's happening. Now, while today I didn't have anything in particular astonishing to report, well, there's a lot going on on a global scale, and we can talk about that. I think it was very important to open up your eyes to see who's trying to control you and what is really going on. Because I see so many of you, you know, on social media coming to my rescue, and I appreciate it because no one stuck up for me when I really needed sticking up for but at least have them say, all right, you're right. She's a grifter. Can you just take her declaration and show me where it was wrong? Oh, wait. On that note, judgment day. I mean, White Snake said it best. Yes, they did. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Shadows of the past, your spirit free to fly at last.